Hello, and welcome to Coffee Talk with Crystal. I am Crystal Grafton Combs, host of this podcast and international president of Alpha Omicron Pi Fraternity. Originally started in 2019, Coffee Talk is a personal project designed to connect with the women of Alpha Omicron Pi and our greater community of sisters and friends. Here, we will talk about life, leadership, sisterhood, and so much more. So thank you for listening, and now let's get to the next episode. Sharon and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I am so delighted to have you here. I feel like our paths have crossed multiple times over the last, I would say, year since the world has reopened and we have been traveling again. But this one I am super excited about because you will get to share your AOPI story with all of us. And then we'll talk about some other things, of course, including the archives. But as we always do, let's start at the beginning. Tell me your AOPI story. Well, I knew um, from an early age that my mom was going to meetings with sorority sisters, and she had two really good friends that she kept in touch with, and um, she had known them since college, and it wasn't until I got to be older that I realized she was going to alumni chapter meetings, and the two women that she had kept in close contact with were actually in chapter with her. So um, that just really gave me an understanding of how much it meant to her. And um, so, like I said, she was a long-standing member of the Muncie Alumni Chapter, which was right there at where Ball State is. And uh, the women in the chapter were our advisors. And so when I started college at Ball State, I knew immediately that I wanted to be an AOPI. And at the time, we were on a quarter system. So that meant that recruitment started in the second quarter. So during the first quarter is when, you know, you got done with your first year or your first quarter of grades um, classes. And um, the GPA requirement was based on those grades. And I did not make grades. So I was invited to pref and I knew that I wasn't going to be able to pledge uh, become a new member. Um, but, and I just cried and I cried and I cried and there were advisors that knew because they knew mom and they knew me. I just, that was it. So I just waited and I went through rush the next year and I had my grades up and I pledged as a sophomore. I did not know any of this about you. I did not know your mom was an AOPI. Or, oh, yeah. no, I didn't know. And I did not know that you waited so that you could pledge the following year. She was actually a charter member. And interestingly enough, Kappa Kappa was installed in May of 1952. And my mom actually got married two weeks before they were chartered. So oh, she actually God. is listed on the AOPI rolls by her, maid, by her married name. That's amazing. Yeah. So she went into AOPI as a married woman. That is really, really neat. Yeah. So we're three generations, as you know, because there's mom and me and Rachel. I love this. But of course, your AOPI story did not end there. But before we move into your alumni experience, obviously, 
your path to initiation is quite a highlight, but but what is another highlight of your collegiate experience? Uh, definitely, it was um, in, uh, my initiation when my mom was in the room. Um, of course, you know, I wasn't even expecting it. I don't know why. I guess I just didn't think about alums being there. But I walked into the room and it was this big um, kind of gothic room um, at Ball State and um, lots of wood and lots of tall ceilings. And there was my mom. So that made it just a little bit less scary. Um, and she definitely gave me the first glimpse of what AOPI for a lifetime would mean. That is outstanding. Now let's talk about your alumna experience because you have been active. How many years later is this now? Oh, 48. So you've been active for the better part of 50 years. Tell me highlights of your alumni experience. Well, of course, the the first highlight was um, when I was there for Rachel's initiation. And um, my mom died when Rachel was nine. So, of course, she didn't know that Rachel would become an AOPI because back then, you know, I mean, you guide your child towards the path of college. But when they're nine, you know, you don't know what's going to come. Um, so, um, when I was in initiation, again, the advisors knew, um, some of Rachel's closest, um, pledge sisters knew, um, and I started to cry because at that moment, you know, of course I really felt that loss, even though it had been um, probably almost 10 years, um, since mom had died. And so then some of them started to cry. So I know some of them were probably looking around going, what is happening? But, um, you know, that was one of the first ones. And then, of course, my involvement as an international volunteer, I started out as uh, the secretary of the Indianapolis alumni chapter. And then they convinced me to move into the Um, presidency position and I did that for four years and then when I was done I was talking to Ann Gilchrist and Ann Wilmes and I said you know I just feel like I wish there was something more and of course I didn't understand you know this this volunteer structure and it was changing about that time as well and they kind of looked at each other And then they guided me towards um, becoming an international volunteer. So I served as a network specialist for alumni for 10 years for Network 3. I met so many amazing AOPI sisters, both um, from the United States. Um, I worked with Canadian chapters, so I met women from, from there. And going to all of the big AOPI events, just meeting so many women who are, you know, the bond is there. And I could never have imagined when I was 19 years old that at this stage in my life, I would have interacted with so many AOPIs. It really is unfathomable at that age. And then looking back, you wonder how it could have been anything but, right? Right. Definitely. So we are now celebrating 125 years of our sisterhood, and we are wrapping up that celebration in the next few months as our Founders Day approaches. And we've implemented our archives campaign in support of a new museum. And you, of course, have been a supporter of that. 
tell me, Sharon, what inspired you to give to this particular project? I've always been a big proponent of family connections. My grandparents on my mother's side both were very involved with their families. My grandmother, we always went to reunions um, with all of her siblings. She had five brothers and two sisters and all their extended families. My mom had 23 cousins. And my grandfather, even though he was an only child, was deep into his family history. And at that time, of course, the only way you could keep in touch with someone was through letters. So we have letters that he's written to cousins that were in California. And we laugh because he talks about us when we were little. So I've always had that, you know, that love of family. And then, of course, Matt has it on his side of the family, too. And so we've tried to instill that with Rachel. But um, over the years, as I became more and more involved, and I really got to know more about our founders, it really feels like they are sisters. And so the archive project is just really saving that family history, the AOPI family history. So um, it's just really, to me, I think, important that uh, those who follow us understand that history Um, not just the four founders, but everyone in between from Stella to you and all of the presidents in between, um, how much that really means to the continuity of our organization. And they set us up for this amazing history. And so I'm, I'm happy that we're honoring them in the way that we are and everyone who came after them. I am too. It's really very exciting. One of my favorite questions to ask anyone is, what do you think will be your favorite part of the new museum? Well, I've had the opportunity to look at what is there now. Um, I love their badges. I love everything that is original to the founders. Stella's trunk, um, the sugar cookie recipe, the cookie cutters. all of those things that she thought to save and then turn over to um, the headquarters staff. And um, then of course there are the dresses. I love the dresses. I love to look at them, how they've changed over time. I mean, 125 years worth of dresses is a lot. So, I mean, I know it's only every other year that there's, there's a new dress, but it's just fun to see what the styles were and to remember those presidents and how they looked when they were dressed up to, to take on the office. Absolutely. So, of course, through the museum, just like you shared, we are hoping to preserve our history. I had not thought about it from the perspective of that it's AOPI's family history, and I kind of love it. I may very well use it moving forward. But what is one piece of advice that you would offer young AOPIs who are just beginning their AOPI experience? Um, Because I was so deeply embedded, again, in um, the alumni side of our organization. It's just always stay connected. It's never too late to come back. I was one of those people, my husband was active duty army. So we started traveling. I mean, I left Muncie the day after I got married and didn't come back to live for 18 years. And as we were going along, I didn't really think of the different ways that I could stay connected. My mom always made sure that my toe drogma got to me 
um, because she would write to headquarters and change my address. And I always got excited when I got it. When we moved to Virginia, I actually joined the Northern Virginia alumni chapter for a while. And then when we came to Indianapolis, you know, just like a lot of our sisters are, you get busy with your children, uh, with your work, and, you know, you kind of step back. But um, I actually came back when Rachel was getting ready to go to college because I knew that things had changed, um, but I wanted to, you know, see what those changes were so that I could prepare her for what that Greek experience was going to be. And I've never looked back. So stay connected wherever you are, um, however you can. If you need to take a break, just come back when you can, um, contribute when you can. you won't regret it. 100%. So I'm going to say the moral of that story is keep your address up to date with headquarters. Yes. And And now your email. Yes. And And now now your your email email address. (laughs) Definitely. Yes. To all the things. So 20 questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Do you prefer coffee or tea? Coffee. Milk chocolate or dark? I'm one of those people that doesn't really like chocolate, but I know, I know. I'm a jelly bean girl. Um, I'll take jelly beans. That's a good answer. I'll take it. Um, But dark chocolate. I got you. Your favorite holiday? Thanksgiving goes back to my childhood when we would go to my dad's side of the family, always on Thanksgiving at the farm where my grandfather was born um, with his... um, five brother or four brothers and two sisters so thanksgiving that's neat shoes or purses shoes sunrise or sunset sunset your favorite season fall always reminds me of being on campus yes your favorite flavor of ice cream well even though i'm not a chocolate person i love rocky road That's close enough. What is something you notice about someone when you first meet them? Usually their smile. Cats or dogs? Cats, as you can tell by my Facebook page. I do know this about you. What is your biggest pet peeve? Rude people. It seems to have gotten a little worse, so we all need to come back to being nicer to each other. Yes. Your favorite board game? Scrabble. Ooh. Your first job? I actually, one summer, uh, I was the secretary for the church that I went to when I was growing up. I wasn't the best secretary, but that was my first job. (laughs) Hey, that's why there's a first time for everything. Right. Do you like surprises? Not really. What is one song you know all the words to? Well, I grew up in the 70s, um, so Black Water by the Doobie Brothers. Yes, and I know it, this song. When it comes on in the car, everybody in every lane gets to listen to it with me. <laughs> I love this for you. <laughs> Do you like your handwriting? I do. It looks a little bit like my mom's. Now, we are in the last year of this biennium, which means that all roads lead to convention. 
Where was your first AOPI convention? I actually went in 1977 when I was um, junior going into my senior year. And uh, we were in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's the first time I ever flew. And um, besides the women from my chapter that went and our chapter advisor, Mary Lou, there were some other Muncie alum chapter members on the flight with us. And they were so much fun. So I really got to see the fun side of them and how much fun you can have as an alum. That's awesome. What is one thing you cannot travel without? I have to have my glasses and I have to have a book to read. Window or aisle seat? Definitely aisle. Your favorite of our brand colors? I still like Cardinal Red. It looks good on you. Oh, thanks. And last but not least, what is your favorite convention tradition? It's really the for, the formalities, the AOPI formal activities, like candle lighting and ritual. Oh, I love this. And I'm so excited we'll do it in person in 2023. Oh, definitely. Sharon, thank you so much for taking time to talk with me today and to share your words of wisdom with all of our sisters. And as always, for everyone out there listening, thank you. And until next time, stay safe and be well. Mm-hmm.